citizens of the verse. Today is June 21st, 2952, and welcome to another episode of Citizen Cast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and with me tonight are my two co-hosts. We've got the defender of all things Banu, Mr. Chekhov. Say hello, Chekhov. Hello, why Banu? I I actually no, I don't think I even considered it. But. <laughs> nanu, nanu. I'm I'm just trying to have puns check off. Oh, oh okay. Sorry. Uh, I know I always try I to forgot relate. forgot forgot you were so literal sometimes. Yes, yes. I uh, <laughs> and then, as you can hear by other voices, we've got the man who guards the sea. It's Seaguard Olsen. Yes, I have a big fishing rod. I'm just going to beat the fish back. <laughs> and then, of course, we've got another guard back, a guard of the sky. Welcome back, Sky Guard. Well, thank Thanks you for, for joining us again. Yes, he has a butterfly net. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and paper airplanes, uh, no less. Well, uh, Actually, I'm pretty good at making those. <laughs> um. It's been an interesting week, uh, but before we dive into the news, uh, Skyguard, what have you been up to this past week in the verse? Mm, not much. Okay, uh, captivating. <laughs> very. <laughs> um, what about you, Seaguard? Anything interesting? I've been playing. I've been playing a little bit of everything. Um, Trying to trying to load ships up with uh, equipment, and I've also been um, trying to clear my inventory by selectively stowing it on ships in large quantities. Uh, other than that, just done some cargo, done some planetary stuff, junk like that. Alrighty. Um, check off. What about yourself? Uh, just um, I guess doing a little bit more. Exploring for a change. I just acquired a Toby and uh, eye tracker, puts a whole new sort of immersion factor into oh, the nice. game. So I'm just enjoying kind of getting around and just literally exploring. Nice. I have a Toby built into my laptop, but I don't use it because really? it's, it slows Shadow down. Oh, really? It's actually built in? Yeah, it has the probably Toby eye tracker 4. Oh, cool. um, built That's into the camera. Yeah, so I can turn it on whenever I want. So, is it? Do you think it's more of a software thing, or is it more of a camera thing? What? Uh, what slows it down? The, no, the Toby. Oh, um, it's a combination. So you could actually see a separate camera because so there's two, there's two little lenses instead of one. It's right yeah. where you'd see like your normal front-facing camera, and then. Um, <clears throat> and then there's like an infrared light that turns on when I have it on. Right. Yeah. So it is that a camera, right? It's, it's a yeah. So, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, yeah, I think it sort of paints my face with laser, like oh. sort of like you know what Siri does, and then uh, not Siri, be, face before ID. I f- forget because I probably will. This is a little bit out of place, but I don't know if any of you knew, but you can actually buy nozzles. And uh, pods to upgrade your Starfare. I don't know. I, that was news to me. I just ran across it. 
Oh, yeah. Three. The tanks. The tanks. And yeah, the we, yeah. Uh, we yeah, talked yeah. about that a bit, I think. Oh, cool. All right. No, mine was just. Yeah, fine. one's bigger. <laughs> one's bigger than the other one. And the nozzle, yeah. they have different <laughs> flow rates. Yeah. Yeah. Gravity's been terrible to those things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I didn't want to go there. I was just talking about nozzles and fuel pots. We did not get very far before we jumped the shark on this one, huh? You know me. Shark week. Yeah. That's, in, that's, that's in August. August. <laughs> yeah, about two months. I didn't know it was August. Two months off. <laughs> um, well, I myself didn't do anything because I went home to Connecticut oh, good. this past weekend for Father's Day. So good. Um, I didn't really play, and the I can't remember what I did the last time I played. But when I tried to log in earlier, I was in the wrong spot. So and glitched into my bed so i closed the game <laughs> um so this past week we got some really a really interesting isc for anyone who watched it was tw 22 minutes long which is the longest one since i think since before isc um back when it was uh inside mm -hmm. the verse or around the verse rather um but it was a a look at the work in progress exterior and interior of the band new merchantman Merchant Man. Uh, and so uh, we got to look at the new wing animation. So instead of them folding up, they kind of compress in. We got to look at several. Um, so the exterior is in gray box. The interior is in white box still. Uh, but we got to look at the sort of bridge area, which is huge and has four seats. Lots of um, compartments for your suit storage as well as escape pods. They have this really epic turret room that sort of looks almost zen-like in order to get up to the main turret. There's a sort of prayer room, guest quarters. We saw a med bay with the med bed and gel-based recovery beds. We saw the social hub and dining area. Um, the meeting room, which overlooks the cargo section. The cargo section, with, which looks huge, um, extremely tall sections of cargo as well as the main shopping area and the communal sleeping area. Um, uh, interestingly enough, uh, because of the, the way Banu are uh, in lore, uh, there's not really a captain, so it is sort of more like a family and doesn't seem like anyone calls the shots per se. And then there's no separate quarters for anyone who uh, runs the ship. So uh, everybody sleeps in one big room. Uh, it was really interesting. Oh, and we also saw the uh, entrance to the, like, cockpit. Not cockpit, sorry. The hangar door area. So, pretty good look at the ship. Uh, the Skyguard, well, what did you think? Does it look interesting to you? How do you how do you like it, what you saw? Mm, it's not as HR Geiger as the Defender, and I like the kind of biotech aspect of the first one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, are are you saying that mainly from the exterior perspective or the interior? Interior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It definitely where I I see the Geiger esqueness is more in the entrance and some of the like some of the sections, but it is a lot. It it does look a little bit more palatable to humans. Yeah. Anybody can make. Ch 
shiny curves and stuff, but actually making it look alive is interesting. Yeah. What about what about you, Seagard? How did you what did you think of the ship so far? You know, uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, I was a little stunned by the amount of uh, open space. I mean, it's almost like there's too much open space. Yeah, um, and I, you know, like the turret area is, you know, okay. I get the idea. You're encased in like the stars when you you know when this thing kind of opens up and it. But it just, you know, that whole area just reminded me of, um, I don't know, uh, Spider. or Oh, actually, you know, the X-Men, uh, the guy in the wheelchair. Oh, Cedar? yeah. <laughs> That's what it reminded me it of. It does look like Cerebro. Yeah. You're yeah. Not, you're not wrong. It does. And uh, I I didn't like that. I I also, um, I wanted a little more of the, the Geiger feel on the inside. Like, um, so... I like like the arches, but the arches maybe being a little smaller, smaller and a little more claustrophobic. Um, uh, I thought the idea of the um, the way they laid out the the sales area, where you know you're looking at the things on display and everything, I think that's mm-hmm. cool. But given all that space, I think you could have also turned that into like an area where you had vehicles, even small spaceships for sale. Right, mm-hmm. it's a massive ship. It's not. It's not like it originally was. The de- you know design. It looks like it's probably a third bigger easily. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought the the bridge. I thought the bridge was cool. Um, the the seating arrangement was interesting in that it raises you off the ground to get you to a higher view for looking. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the Banu are actually some very tall people, right? I mean, they don't strike me as midgets. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that's a human factor. So I got real mixed feels on it. I, I haven't really wanted one, to be honest with you. So, uh, but in contrast to the Banu Defender, I think the Banu Defender just has a a different feel than what I saw in the in the Banu Merchantman. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I'm. Pardon me. Um, I must admit the changes that they've made to the Banu cons- in comparison to the, to the original design documents make me wonder how they're going to change the Leviathan. No, Kraken, not Leviathan. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, um, I actually I don't think it's bad. It's just, I just don't think it's for me. Well, and I would say the the Kraken was designed with metrics already in mind, whereas the the Merchant Man wasn't. Um, and they chose a pretty odd shape. And I think sometimes once you try and get that into the game realistically. It starts to get really challenging, just like, you know, you look at the chonky Carrick that used to be a lot more streamlined, and then they're like, oh, we have to actually fit this stuff in. Um, uh, Chekhov, what about yourself? Um, yeah, I actually caught that episode. I mean, I can't really talk about, like, you know, expectations before and after, because I don't know what it's supposed to look like the first time mm-hmm. I've got glance at it. 
Uh, the only thing I know, they kept on saying, wow, everything is huge. It just didn't seem that big, but it does make sense because banners are tall species, right? So everything has to be by default kind of, uh, well, at least uh, the ceiling height has to be uh, on all their ships quite a bit taller. Uh, yeah. You know, cockpit looks look good. Uh, uh, I think it's the way it's designed. It's going to provide some interesting visibility. Uh, it's kind of you sit to the, I guess, the pilot sit on the extreme left and right, right? That's kind of the mm-hmm. design. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the left and then the co-pilots to the right and then the right. two turret gunners are behind. Yeah, I mean, overall, it's good. I mean, it's not... Uh, I can't. I mean, overall, I'm. I'm not. I, I. I don't really look forward to owning capital ships. I know you know Sigurd mm-hmm. likes the, the larger ships, so I'm fairly impartial. I don't get as excited about them. I mean, certainly would love to go on board and you know eventually take a ride. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's yeah. Uh, impressive. Now. Okay. You know, one thing I think that would make the design more more pleasant to me and more fitting would be if you could crew on it and it actually had a Banu crew. Mm. Now it would change the feel of that ship immensely. You know, I just don't see people... I, I would see if a human crew got hold of it, they would rearrange those things in a little cubicles for sleeping areas you know, uh, or it would turn into a giant orgy room. I don't know which one first, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right? It's uh, so I think that would make a huge difference. And if that's a surprise coming, I think that would be a really cool surprise. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Bandu AI in the ship. That would be awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, th- in theory, oh, I'm back to my old catchphrase. In theory... Um, long-term goal would be you might even be able to play as a Banu. Right. Um, but that's, obviously, that's way... <clears throat> like, that's post-release, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I, I thought it was cool. It's interesting. I can't wait to go on one. Um, but, you know, I don't actually love alien ships in general. I'm more of a... I don't know. So to me, like some of the changes actually improve it in my mind because I don't like the Geiger right. aesthetic per se. So like the Defender weirds me out a little bit right. um, and it still has some cues for it. I just think it's going to be a really interesting experience to go shopping on it. And Oh, yeah, absolutely. I look, I, yeah, I look forward to like, you know, maybe one day we come across like a rare item and sell it to someone for who knows how much money I could see someone also being kind of like an auctioneer on that ship and being like, Hey, let's just have a bazaar. And, um, but if I was, if I was to be more excited, I would be, I'm more excited about the privateer than, than that just because it has so much more like broad functionality. Now, uh, another thing I would say about it is that, it definitely had cues that made it reminded me of the, I got to go to Cairo for 24 hours when I was in the military and we went down in the barter district and mm-hmm. very much had a feel like that. I mean, it was 
Mm. You know, you go in and we would go into like checkout. Let's say perfume was one of the things I remember distinctly. Um, you could get perfume because you want to bring back something for your wife. And you would sit on like chairs that were draped in carpets and you'd take off your shoes and they'd make you tea. And literally you had the guy running around in the, in the velvet jacket and the, in the little fez hat. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, you know, it had that feel, um, especially when I saw the sleeping quarters for the crew. Um, I, I, it's going to be a cool ship. Uh, yeah. It's not, and I, you know, I'll give it an, a 99 on what they're doing. And I really like the thought process behind what they're building, right? They really put some thought into it and tried to make it seem like something alien. And, uh, yeah. And I, I like that. So I'll give it, you know, I'll give it 99, but probably not a ship for me. Uh, yeah. One last thing on it, it it's going to be the largest ship that we know of that will land on a planet cargo with cargo, right? It carries a lot. It's going to be a worthwhile ship to have. How, uh, how, do we know what the size is in comparison to like a Kraken or an Idris? I think it's over 2,000 cargo. So it's about half the size. Um, but it's hmm. still a lot. I mean, that's that's way more than... That's two 890 jumps cargo, right? I mean, that's significant. Oh, it's got to be more than that, because if you look at how tall those cargo stacks are, there. I mean, One moment. Yeah, I think it's two. Banyan Merchantman carries 2,880 SCU. I have a feeling that'll be higher after launch, like when we get the revised metrics. And being able to take that down to a planet surface, that's going to be a very yeah. useful thing. Well, the other thing about it that I think is interesting, and you only saw a brief glimpse of it in that video, but because I was stalking previous videos in the CitizenCon ships video, they have a unique sort of loading-unloading mechanic. There's a really interesting like system to help move the cargo around, um, which could make it really interesting. And it sort of looks like, at least from what I could tell, while the cargo is no longer in pods like you had or, or external, like you had originally, um, it does look like the cargo room has an opening to unload larger pieces of cargo without having to go through the rest of the ship. That's cool. Um, either way, I, I think it's super immersive, and I I look forward to seeing more more of it in person. What um, was there anything stand out about it that like was different for you? Like, for instance, for me, like the gel based recovery beds was awesome in my mind. That was cool. That was cool. I'm wondering how they're going to get them to function lore wise. And if they're in any relation, like a precursor to the current, uh, what are they called? The imprint spheres or whatever we have right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the I forgot the, the name, but yeah, the imprints. So, yeah. So did they generate the gel on the ship? Is it something we can trade in? So can, can we go to Banu Space? And Mysterious Merchant from Afar has brought... Healing jail to trade and whatever. Yeah, the idea. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows if it's even just a static, you know, it's gel, you know, like the the water in a in the A ninety jump pool. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Cool. Uh, this uh, last week we also had an SCL in in Alien Week fashion. It was a game dev episode, so I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. Um, really, one of the artists drew cartoon v- versions of a Vanduul and a Xion, sort of like turtle-looking cartoon character, in honor of Alien Week. Um, yeah, Skyguard, did you did you catch that episode? And and if no, so, what did you think the, of it? No, but a cartoon Vanduul does sound interesting, though. Yeah, it was it was interesting looking. I I mean, I just don't like game dev episodes as much. What about you, Seagard? Did you see it? I was mildly intrigued by it, and I kind of watched some of it and then skimmed through and looked at others. Uh, I looked at other parts. I was uh, what got me intrigued was the little toy that the uh, baby Ben or the oh uh, yeah he was playing with that six wheeled truck that looked yeah the uh, the mule. It was a mule. Was it a mule? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell if it was a mule or something else. It looked kind of like a mule, but it looked different proportions. So I was thinking, maybe this is something coming. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, you got to have that type of stuff. It always is, It's amazing how quick yeah. they do it. Um, yeah. I mean, it, they're super talented. I just It just yeah. isn't my cup of tea, that's all. Chekhov, did you check no, it out? Or? No, that one, not at all. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. Um, this week, uh, we'll, we'll be getting a public roadmap update, uh, including the roadmap roundup. Uh, Inside Star Citizen will actually take a look at the addition of the derelict reclaimer point of interest coming in 317.2 as well as an introduction to the latest dynamic event, the Siege of Orison. So that'll be interesting. Friday's SCL wasn't um, announced yet, so um, they'll they'll post an update on that uh, shortly. And then there's also uh, a new jump point coming out on Friday. So a good week. Um, now, other things going on. 317.2 is actually in Evocati right now. And from what I can tell, the only thing that I really wanted to talk about, at least from my perspective, and certainly everybody feel free to weigh in, but from what I can tell, it's a very stable build. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing that came out of it is that they actually have derelict colonial outposts in Stanton, which is cool. Yeah. Um, anything, anything, you know... Uh, Skyguard, are you excited for 317.2? And anything jump out from sort of, I don't know if you read the patch notes um, or not, but, you know, anything got you extra excited? Skyguard? Uh-oh. All right, I'll go. Uh, he's muted. Uh, yeah, why don't you go, Seaguard? <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I I actually was um, the missions the mission strings around um, yeah, getting started in crime through the red uh, the red wing shipping I think is cool uh, I think that'll mm-hmm. be fun it'll give you a, a way to kind of progress into that maybe with without truly getting a full crime stat um, mm-hmm. the other thing I liked on it 
was the fact that they're going to have the the wreckages of the um, reclaimer. Um, yeah, and it looked like they were going to have them both in space and on the ground. Um, and then they were also going to have um, not only uh, old villages. I thought they were going to have the first of the new villages with people that can actually engage you in combat around their settlement. Um, and they can walk across large areas of the planet. So I thought those were all really good. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty important patch. Yeah. I mean, definitely since it's trying to be like a 318 replacement in terms of content, I would, I would yeah. hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skyguard, what, what do you think of what either rumblings you've heard from Evo or even just 317.2 in general? I think the derelict reclaimers are certainly going to be interesting. Good thing to explore, hunt down, find. Um, considering that there's, I think they're supposed to use the new uh, planetary navigation mesh. Certainly mm-hmm. be interesting. No more just one guy standing behind a counter at every single outpost you go to. Yep. Um, Siege of Orison is supposed to be excellent from everything I've heard. So. That should, be, that should be something interesting to do with the org, that's for sure. 100%. Yeah, I'm excited for that, even though I'm not Mr. Combat. I might just be a combat medic, you guys. I'm yeah. willing to learn to in order to play this thing out. It's supposed to give you like 380,000 credits or something. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> which, which, which mission is that? Siege this of Orison. The, it's a new yeah. event coming up for... Oh, right, right. Three seventeen. Yeah, that's the, the FPS one, right? Yeah. Yep. Or I'll maybe I'll noob tube it. Maybe well. I'll be noob tubing and healing. Uh, Chekhov, what about you? Anything except you about three seventeen two? The most is like you said. I just want it polished because it's a you know really long list of bug patches. And that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm just uh, you know. I, I really want to see it. There's plenty, plenty to do, and you know, I, I love this patch. I just want it polished. So I'm most excited about all the patches for it to be stable. Yeah, so far it sounds like it's particularly stable, but we'll, we'll see how that changes. Um, I'm pretty sure, Seaguard, just for clarification, I'm pretty sure the only colonial outposts are derelicts. But where there is, uh, I think, a settlement, there's a Nine Tails controlled um, reclaimer derelict that they've made into sort of like a base of operations. Oh, that's cool. That I think one of the one of the hero missions of that patch will take place in. Very cool. That's my understanding. I guess we'll we'll see what what comes to fruition. But it, it does sound really exciting and. I mean, anytime you can vary anything, uh, you know, because let's face it, these derelicts are being built into something procedural in addition to some handcrafted elements. So, you know, I just see them just, it's like they're writing out a bigger and bigger recipe book, a bigger cookbook for content. Um, Alrighty. So that brings us to tips and tricks. And we got quite a few. Um, I'm pretty sure this is his first time in our Discord, but uh, Dip 
McJunkin said, pro tip, if an elevator door opens into the void, spam the elevator button until the door closes, and when it opens back up, the elevator should be there. Tip number two, when waiting for the elevator to arrive, back away towards the ASOP terminals or outside the pad's air shield to prevent elevator death or being knocked through the wall. Great tip. Um, And then Canuck clarifies, uh, Canuck 2099 clarifies, spam not required, but still true. Uh, Just let the elevator close and render. Yeah, I've seen the same thing. Um, And then he also said true when it comes to tip number two being a good way to protect. Uh, And Dip McJunkin says spamming makes it go faster, but only perceived to do so. (laughs) So I like uh, his enthusiasm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, lots of clicks makes it faster to me. Mm-hmm. Go, go, go. Um, Captain Neon, who I also think is new, unless I'm. No, I've mistaken. seen Neon on before. Yeah, he's new to the to chat or to the. But he's been in Parlay House before. I've seen Yes, him. yes. I mean, new um, in terms of. I think this is his first response Message. to. Yeah. Yeah. Unless I'm mistaken. If I am, I'm sorry, Captain Neon. Um, but he said. If you want to make some good cash on cave missions, remember to not just loot the body, but also open the chest and legs to receive Hadnight and Dolavine. Best, best missions are on Hurston or its moons. Base mission gives around 35k. Got 85k Hadnight and 53k Dolavine on top last night. So that paid out real good for one mission. If you exit a station and you hear the targeting sound, you can be sure someone is scanning your ship for cargo and is probably a scout for pirates or a solo pirate. Uh, Damar is popular for rock miners. All pirates know this. Beware. Most used mine slash trade route is for quantum. Oh, for quantum is Lyria Arc L1. Arc L1 to Area 18. Uh, they know, he said. And then currently distortion weapons are useless. And they would need about three warlocks firing their EMPs at the same time in a range from zero to 800 meters. If they do achieve to board you, know that they will go to your cockpit ASAP to cycle the self-destruct just in case. You can use this to your advantage and camp the hallway to the cockpit. So lots of uh, anti-pirate stuff. Uh, coming from Captain Neon. It sounds like he has some experience. Maybe Kilgore's been around him too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, Are You Losing My Mind said, the P6LR with 2x holographic sight and a suppressor is actually very effective PVE weapon for bunkers and caves. You can bind customized weapon to a hotkey and use that to quickly change between 2x and 8x sights and or mining medical tractor beam gadgets. I didn't know that, so that's good. Uh, I'm sorry, who who did you say gave us a tip about distortion weapons? Because I think I want to DM him because I I heard otherwise, actually. That That, was Captain uh, Neon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So that's it for user submissions. Uh, Skyguard, any tips or tricks this week? Not right now, no. Or, or recipes. Okay. Well, do we want to do those now? <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, it is a sip, right? <laughs> well, it's not exactly a star season related to it. 
Oh God, you guys and your tips. <laughs> um, well, Seagard, what about you? With, with the nozzles, you know. Yeah, you know. It was all about the nozzle size and the flow rate. Uh, well, it could also be about with the tip. Mature adult. Apparently, right. apparently, something's never changed. We're yeah. only talking about tips and nozzles and flow rates. There's nothing, nothing yeah. askew going on. The little blue uh, button is the one you gotta push. <laughs> I don't know. On my stick, it's the red button. <laughs> uh, Seagard, uh, mm-hmm. any tips or tricks? Uh, yeah, I, I tried something different this week. I've got a lot of stuff in my inventories and stuff, and it gets, even with filtering, it gets to be a pain. So I actually took all of my inventory from my you know, suits and my uh, undersuits and all the you know, hats and everything else I had, and moved them into one inventory on one of my ships. And it's kind of like just turned into a storage locker for my stuff. And um, and then what I did was just before I got off that ship and went back into the station, because it was in a hangar, uh, I pulled out exactly what I needed for one ship. And then, mm-hmm. then I went and drew the ship I wanted, dragged that few items over, and had a much easier time of getting started. Um, you know, it's, uh, I think it helped me instead of having to sort through everything and look through the banana fruit and the whatever else is out there. I could, you know, simply see what I needed to do. So I've been doing that. And it seems to be working for me. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. What about you, Mr. Chekhov? Well, I have a really, really good tip. It's nothing to do with Star Citizen, but while you were speaking, my daughter made a special delivery to me, which I've never had before. It's called a crumble cookie. These cookies are the size of donuts, and they are delicious. So if you have this franchise next to you, I would definitely go out and try it. Okay. It's good to know. <laughs> Very pertinent. Sky Garden crumble cookies. Next recipe. (laughs) I think it's actually a franchise. Those are a bit harder to do, and the heat here it's been hard to cook. See Sky Garden, you. There you go. I I don't know. Must be something Jersey oriented because we don't have them here that I know of. Sky Garden is not from Jersey. See, (laughs) I know. Let's see what, what what's the temperature in New Jersey right now. Let's see. It's probably seventy five. Ooh, I wish that was in New Jersey. Is here. That'd be well, nice. It's raining. That'd be even nicer. Oof, not for me. Hard pass. Um, I have zero tips and zero tricks. Um, which means it's time for science. I think I actually have something. So do our listeners this week. Um, so Dip McJunkin said, with 317.2 on the horizons, I was looking to grind the red rope. The Oh my goodness. Sometimes I just talk too fast for my brain to, to actually the catch red up. Red wind ones? Looking to grind the red wind rep. In doing so, I wanted to do it as quickly and efficiently as possible. Being in Atmo most of the time, small ships were the answer. I've tested the MR, 
the Titan and the C8X. In my findings, in my opinion, the C8X was the fastest. The quick entry small size means you could park right at the staircase and hop in and out at no time in no time. It also has a crazy large boost capacity, which meant you were fast in a straight line longer than the Titan. I was doing the three box missions in roughly 15 to 20 minutes. This weekend, I will be running another test from Port Olisar to Orison to determine who is the king of box deliveries. Um, Captain Neon stated, The Mantis is currently bugged since 3.17. You can only activate your QED if you're using any form of head tracking. No idea on the Cuddy Blue so far. I haven't seen that, so... Uh, if anyone has any verification of that, let us know. Uh, looks like Dip McJunkin already did his other test. He said, so here are the results. Titan, 3 minutes, 35 seconds, just from from just out of QT from Alasar to Orison landing area. 3 minutes, 45 seconds, being able to QT back to Alasar from landing area. Pisces, 3 minutes and 16 seconds to landing. 3 minutes, 28 seconds back. C8X is the king package delivery six, uh, ship. Six. What am I saying? Six. Were. Uh, the 125A is going to be tested after I earn enough scratch. Well, uh, so those Harold should have been a part of the mix. May, he might not have one. Oh. Yeah. Um, so those are all the user submissions. Uh, Skyguard, anything for science this week? Uh, somewhere in between science, somewhere in between tip and trick. Um, I noticed a few weeks ago that when I was running stuff in my caterpillar, the fuel was decreasing faster than I thought it was. Well, faster than I thought it should be. So mm-hmm. I looked it up, and the caterpillar comes with a stock military drive. So if mm-hmm. you're looking to save on fuel and you don't want to fuel up as much because over time that can add up um, consider replacing your quantum drive with okay. something like a civilian instead of a military all right that makes sense yeah. um, good stuff uh, what about you Seaguard? anything done for science yeah it, it was learned for science but it was at my expense um, <laughs> if you are uh, that's the best kind isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah if you are having one of those days where you think you should load up your constellation with a rock and you load it and then you go back to get your your uh, mule and load it you'll notice mm-hmm. rather abruptly that when you draw the mule your ship will disappear <laughs> because your Connie already has a ship on it called the Stubfire. Oh. <laughs> so, so that was that was the learning experience. The safety experience is that when you're on a planet doing that, you can draw a Pisces and fly it back to the station. Although you lose what's on your ship. So uh, a Pisces is is callable from those stations now. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <gasps> Oh my God! Now I have an easier way to fill up my Carrick. Yes. Yeah. So it was kind of Amazing. a kind of a fun experience, you know. Uh, it was something else. <laughs> uh, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, check off. What about yourself? <clears throat> well, I actually did something for science. It was uh, 
a week-long, well, the experiment is still ongoing. I decided to stay on the planet uh, in a cutlass black with the rock in it. And mm -hmm. they kind of kept on, you know, flying around, doing some uh, mining, uh, looting, uh, did bunker missions, filled up, uh, you know, put the guns into the rack. Uh, there's also there are also two lockers which are communal lockers. So I put some inventory in the lockers, local inventory. The only problem with all that is over time, I think the ship, the the, the more I guess the longer you don't claim your ship, uh, hmm. and this is true for Cutlass only. For now, I haven't experimented with others. It seems to get more and more bugged. So right now, as we speak, I cannot get to those lockers. Uh, my rock got totally bugged. I couldn't move it at one point, so I had to somehow get I already forgot how I got rid of it. So that was another bug. And again, these things happen over time. So day one, everything was perfect. But more days that I locked out and went to sleep on a ship, the worse it got. So now I'm to the point where I can't uh, access any food off of my uh, internal inventory cannot open up lockers, and cannot take the guns out of the rack. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's quite the... Oh, pardon so, you. Yeah, so it's kind of, you know, it's going to make me think twice, you know, if I want to load up a ship and stay out there for too long until they yeah. fix these bugs. Which yeah. is a shame. I mean, I don't know how we're going to, you know, I don't know if you're experiencing the same with, with a character. Uh, you know, I, you know I, I haven't quite tried. Um, like, I'll have stuff in my inventory, but I forget what I put in there. And it's usually just like, you know, stuff that I took from a bunker. You know, like I always grab the food so that I don't have to worry about food. Right, right. But what was the last time you actually claimed Carrick? I don't know. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, so I'll have to. I'll take a look. Well, I'm here this weekend, so I could test it out. Yeah, well, um, I guess claiming is kind of resets everything, right? You're getting a brand yeah. new ship. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that who knows that could even be tied to what they're working on now. Yeah. Um, cool. That's a good. Uh, that's a good uh, insight check off. Um, I like always didn't really do anything or almost always didn't really do anything for science uh, especially since i didn't play um and that brings us now to seaguard's question uh last week seaguard asked as it's alien week i think some alien races would be very alien maybe they don't use vocal signals and instead use complex heat signatures what type of alien special play would you like to see um, and our very own Skyguard here said communicating through smells. Um, so Earth Good. said an alien race that doesn't trade in money, but instead values the purity of nature. So ships, fuel, armors, weapons, etc., must be acquired by trading plants, water, or simple single atom elements like oxygen or aluminum. Behind the scenes, CIG can convert to credits but you must bring the physical items. So you want the really nice ship component, bring 3,000 Amashi Plague. Interesting one, Earth. 
Silver Valk said, <clears throat> What I'd love to have is the discovery of extinct races and the infrastructure slash tech that they left behind. Finding an alien, alien city or space station in an unmapped part of some star system. And for players to be the first to discover these sites. The lore should state that the members of Starseekers Intergalactic found this site in Magnus in mm. August 2955, etc. So, so, for example, um, I do think that if you found something super rare, it would sort of track with your rep, by the way. That, I think that's the goal, at least. In theory. Um, Connect 2099 said, I think it'd be fun to have a long-lost civilization that is only known to one developer, and that one developer plants clues to that civilization and places around a few systems. The result would be players who stumble upon it uh, would have to do actual anthropology to figure out the language and perhaps history. Something <clears throat> so niche uh, and so difficult that online aids would not be spoilers, but actual crowdsourcing clues to discover the secret. Um... Captain Neon said, if they would go full ET mode, their fingertips could glow in some Morse code or some light thing between their brows and their forehead. Maybe they'll hold hands and speak in each other's head. True privacy. Um, or maybe like a rival, they would write in the air with some kind of uh, substance coming out of their hands. In VR mode, you could maybe do that with handheld pieces. Um, are you losing my mind said it's a long way off. I know, but I would like to see the reputation system allow you on a very advanced level to actually be accepted by an alien race and become citizen of their government. Um, brother squid, who I think this is his first contribution to our discord said, I'd be interested in seeing something like characters with a history of highbrow crime and data running and a good reputation with the Xion getting inducted as covert operatives to steal state secrets. The Xion absolutely have spies. They aren't just going to trust the UEE considering our history. Other than that, maybe an invasive species or two, flora or fauna, be something interesting to deal with space rats in the mess hall and xeno mold growing in the engine room. Remember to clean the rovers. Don't want to be locked aboard in quarantine instead of eating burgers on a station. Uh, so that was Brother Squid's response. Um, I was one thing I noted or noticed or heard discussion about, and now it made make, made me think of it is um, you know one of the alien races that we know very little about except for their name is the Karthak. Um, we don't have any renderings of them or any any look of them. And I think, I don't know if this was on InfoRunners or something else, but they posited that maybe, or it seems very likely that it would be post-launch, very big-scale dynamic event that you might stumble upon them, almost like almost like the, what is it, the Thargoids in, um, is it Thargoids? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? In, um, yeah, from... Um... Oh, uh, never say game. never die or no, no, I was, no, from, was uh, it's the one from, uh, the, the other space game that's, you know, 
fully procedural? I don't. I don't know. It's po- no very popular. Sky? The other one. Eve Online. No. no. One more. Uh, uh, Elite Dangerous. Yeah. Elite yes, Dangerous. Elite Dangerous. Yeah. So, in in Elite Dangerous, like the Thargoids just appeared one day, and and a player is the one who discovered them. So I feel like that's possibly um, what the Kurthak or Karthak, whatever they're called, uh, will happen with them. But some people um, posit that in actuality, the Vanduul incursions are all because they're being hunted or chased by them. Um, and that that really is almost like a big misunderstanding. I don't know about that. Kind but of a it's cool an interesting idea. theory. <clears throat> we shall see. <laughs> um, so that's all of the responses. But, you know, oh, something ahead. I just thought about. Did you say scent in the beginning? You know, there's like a scent attachment for VR goggles. So that's not that outside real? of the realm. Yeah. It's, we kind of really cool if, well, first they would have to bring VR into the game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we did also get some questions. Uh, first and foremost, Quadnum, I think, just wanted to contribute to the server meshing conversation. He said, no, oh, good. it's very long and no need to read on the podcast. But guess what, Quadnum? I'm going to anyway. <laughs> um, just because I think the more we know, the more we know. Um, so Quadnum said... Last episode, there were a lot of questions and discussion about server meshing and how it will work and how it will improve performance. You all did a marvelous job of answering, and I believe you were very accurate. It might be a little late, but I wanted to share my two cents, as it might add some color and clarification for some. I'm a game developer hobbyist who actually wrote my own server meshing system many years ago, so I have some idea of what they're doing. Consider today that you have one server managing the Stanton system, inclusive of Crusader, Hurston, Arcorp, and Microtech. Next, consider each planetary system has to manage 1 million entities for a total of 4 million entities in Stanton. This is all hypothetical. And 50 active users. Using static server meshing, now consider each of the four planetary bodies becomes its own static server. Now each server is handling 1 million entities instead of 4 million. So now each server could handle 500 users instead of only 50. We don't actually know what the numbers are, but that's the general idea. So the whole system is handling 500 as the max. If everyone went to one area, uh, it would be 500. The aggregate of all four is 2,000. So it depends on if they want to allow for the best case or worst case scenario. Now, consider dynamic server meshing. If everyone goes to Crusader, they might spin up new servers for each moon, so Selen, Damar, Yella, as well as Crusader the planet. Uh, now, instead of 1 million entities, each server is handling 250,000. So now, instead of 500 max, each location can handle 1,000. They can further create servers dynamically for Grimhex, Port Alisar, Orison, bringing the entity count down to 100,000 and 1,500 users. They might then say someone with an 890 jump and five escorts 
is getting a lot of activity. Let's give them their own server, and we can have 2,000 people in a single space battle outside of Crusader. As was already explained by the hosts, a single location such as a tree on Yella would only be handled by one server. Maybe the original server that also handles Crusader or a newly sharded server, dynamic meshing, handling just Yella. It gets a bit more tricky if Yella can only handle 1,500 users and 3,000 users come to Yella. So now they would shard by location and distance. If you have 3,000 people standing in a circle and split it down the middle, you have 1,500 on each side. The people farthest to the left wouldn't see what was happening with the people furthest to the right. So their being on a different server isn't an issue. It's the people who'd be standing on the dividing line that becomes an issue. The expectation first is the edge case won't happen often, if at all. When it does, there might be some latency or desync for people standing on the dividing line, but that's a small price to pay for a system capable of handing millions of users across hundreds of systems with no load screens and full immersion. I further anticipate dynamic server meshing may be able to call out so much of Yella in the above example that they could accommodate all 3,000 players on one dynamic server while eliminating anything beyond Yella uh, that's beyond the circle boundary and eliminate the split into two separate servers altogether. I don't know if any of this resonates or adds anything helpful beyond what was already discussed, but I hope it helps a bit. Thanks all and love the podcast. It's my favorite thing to listen to when I walk my dog. So there you go. Um, Skyguard asks, uh, last week, do you think they'll put procedural animations into the game for NPC uh, so they don't have to individually animate each random NPC? Can, um, can I add some more context to this? Sure. So I recently watched this whole video on AI. Um, and what they did is they gave the AI set ranges of motions for the limbs, and you wanted it to walk in a certain way. And instead of saying, you have to put your arm like this, you have to put your arm like that, they let the AI figure out the most efficient way to do it and work like that. So you get smoother movement, if a bit weird sometimes, but then again, people move in a bit weird ways, and it, they don't have to individually animate every single movement. Considering how many AI there will eventually be in the game, I figured it might be a good way to add variation without necessarily adding a whole bunch of time animating yeah. AI that's nine times more than the individual player. Yeah. Um, let's, let's... Quadnum responded to your question, um, but I also think it's helpful to hear what he said, but there's also clarification. Or, or at least I I have some insight into this that I think is helpful. Uh, so Quantum said, personally, I don't think it'll be procedural. I think they record all the various animations and programmatically add which animation to play dynamically based on what the NPC is doing, then dynamic blending between animations so it flows smoothly. Once they create an animation, they can share it with all NPCs of all shapes and sizes. Um, so Seaguard, what do you think? Do you think it's going to be procedural or or what? You know, will, would they be using AI to smooth? Uh, I think it's... Do 
interesting because I've seen him do a lot of work on this, and they're already doing the you know the flight splines, um, mm-hmm. the landing and stuff like that. I think it's going to be a procedural thing. Mm-hmm. What about you, Chekhov? Uh, I think uh, probably more procedural than anything. Yeah. Okay. Um, I personally, or at least my understanding, so I could be very wrong, but from what I've gathered over the years is it's going to be a combination because as you see, they have a motion capture studio. They capture a lot of different animations in the game. And right now there's not really a variation in the shapes and sizes of AI. However, once they start adding in alien um, AI, there will be differences in shapes and it won't necessarily be as easy to motion capture. Um, my understanding is IK, which I forgot what it stands for, is supposed to both be responsible for smoothing animations between different animation sets so that, you know, it doesn't feel like you're quickly moving to uh, climb a ladder um, when you hit enter ship, but also that it's supposed to use AI to bridge the gap between where your hand is and when it's connecting to dynamically. So my understanding is it is supposed to be at least somewhat procedural um, in terms of trying to make it look as natural when you have a connection point um, versus having to do it one, one to one on everything. Cause with the, so uh, to, to sort of clarify quadnum, at least my understanding is um if, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm talking to Quadnum since he's not on the podcast, but mm-hmm. <laughs> if um, they want to record one ladder animation, but if the ladder has different spacing between the rungs, they want to identify where the hand's going to go, and the animation is supposed to smoothly transition between the two. So it's, it is pre-recorded animations, but if something's in a different spot, for one thing versus another, but it's essentially the same thing. So like a different shaped chair, you know, different um, steering wheels and vehicles, whatever the case may be, in theory, they're supposed to blend that. And same thing with the button presses that we're going to be seeing in cockpits. They want that to be uh, both Mm. recorded, but also procedural in terms of the distance. So all the designers have to do long-term is say, this is the button that you're going to press when you select this action. And then the blended movement will, will dynamically happen then. That's my understanding. Um, so, yes. <laughs> I think there will be procedural animations. Um, a new, uh, new guest here in, in Discord, I believe, is Arnie. And he said, uh, what do you do to try and fix feeling burnt out on Star Citizen. I haven't played for a huge amount of time, and I've really enjoyed when I've played with friends, but I'm not able to do it that often. Over the last few weeks, I've had a string of awful solo sessions, logging in after ship bed log off and finding my ship destroyed and unreachable through quantum travel due to planets saying they are obstructed when they aren't. Uh, spawning with nothing, rebuying all my necessary gear to do some box missions only to get sucked into the wall at the first place I land. Box missions constantly glitching out while I'm delivering the final box. 
trying mining only to discover that none of the refinery terminals work for me and I can't sell anything. I want to love this game, but I feel like it doesn't want, doesn't love me back. Um, so what do you do to reduce burnout, Skyguard? Yeah. I go play a different game. I So I played Warframe before I started with this journey for about, let me check, give me a second. I can pull up the number pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, 3,000 hours. So the main key to playing a game for a long time is to take breaks. I know mm-hmm. it, seems, it might seem like you should, oh, I love this game. I should play it all the time. You will burn yourself out faster than a piece of flash paper. Um, so you want to keep playing a space game? Well, Starfield's coming out soon. Play it for a month, enjoy it, have fun, and then come back to Star Citizen. You'll be refreshed. It'll seem new again. You'll be going, ooh, wow, I can't believe how pretty this is all over again. Trust me. (laughs) Or go play something different. Or play with friends. Mix it up some. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Seagar? Yeah, for me, it's uh, I, I do occasionally go do something else. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's the friends that kind of keep me going. Um, to me, that's, you know, really the fun thing for me. I I, I also spend a, like, I'm a little different than I think a lot of the group in that I take a great deal of fun just kind of walking around experiencing like buying clothes and trying out the different uniforms and just going down and sightseeing on the planet. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of things, uh, just trying out the new, you know, different ships and just seeing how well they, they act, you know, in the game. Um, mm-hmm. it, there's always stuff like that. I am less concerned about making money and that's probably because I've spent so much in the freaking game. Um, that it's, you know, it's, just makes it pointless, right? I mean, um, so for me, it's, yeah, just try different things in the game. But most importantly, play with others. Yeah. That's that's me. That's why the Parley House works for me. Well, playing with other people drastically or perhaps even exponentially expands your ability to keep playing the same game for yeah. a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's, it's interesting to hear that because everybody has a different perspective. Well, for, foremost, I want to say that what you're experiencing is the reality and you kind of have to embrace it because this is the game. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just you you probably need a guide because I mean, typically for the game, here or what? Well, if something doesn't work, you know, if one terminal doesn't work, then the other one will. There's always some kind of workaround. And if certain aspect is totally bugged, then you just do something else altogether. Because I'll be honest with you, I've been playing this game pretty much nonstop since I started. The longest that I took off is maybe, maybe a couple of weeks. Or maybe, and the only reasons because when I look at the score, is there's no one else on. That's when I took off. Otherwise, I never found this to be boring or burned out because there's always something different to do 
in Star Citizen. And the other, again, this is personal to me because I always, uh, A, I, I do grind for money because I buy most of my uh, uh, ships in game. So I always have a goal. So there's always, for me, there's always a reason to get on. Whether I want to or not, there's a reason for me to get on and get more money so I can buy my next ship. <laughs> and the, the last piece of it, what I also enjoy is the hardware. The hardware outside of the game that kind of gives you more immersed feeling, whether it's the upgrading your joysticks, you know, going from keyboard to joysticks, then like getting Toby, like improve, you know, switching your monitors, like constantly tinkering with your hardware. So when you put oh, what I just said, everything together, you know, playing with friends, you know, always having a goal, striving for something, how could this possibly be boring? Yeah. Hmm. Or burned out. Yeah. Well, and, and, and to, to go back to it, because he, he does play with friends, but it's not as common. Um, yeah, it wasn't, like for me, it wasn't until I found an org that I didn't take large breaks from the game. Um, and I would say even, I mean, half the time we're not even playing together. We're playing at the same time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? Um, but when you get stuck in a tricky situation, someone's on and they have an idea how you can solve it or you get trapped somewhere and Haymar is like, I'll come pick you up. You know, um, and that makes a huge difference when when you're getting frustrated, it helps kind of mellow you out. And, you know, then you're just sitting there and half the time funny, random things happen outside of that or, you know, right when you're doing that. So, right. And they, you like say your reputation is low. Uh, it takes you a while to build it up. But that when you join a party and somebody else doing a higher rep, all of a sudden, you're doing something completely different, making more money, and, uh, you know, like even doing bunker missions. You know, when you're doing with somebody who knows what they're doing, it's they're real easy because you're kind of just following yeah. along. You're getting some loots, you know, pew, 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 a little bit here, a little bit there, and it's all good. So, yeah, you just need to get together with the group. That's really the bottom line. Yeah, if you like group play, which it sounds like you do, so... You know, feel free to join. We're not trying yeah. to recruit per se, but it is a good space. Yeah. We're not really an org. Um, we're, yeah, right. we have orgs, but we're Parley House is independent. Yeah. Um. Uh, Seaguard, what's your question for this week? So, um, as I as I lower myself towards Orison, I'll read it real quick. Um. So basically, it's uh, so we have several examples of classic cities such as you know Area 18, which is like Blade Runner. We have Bespin, which is the city in the sky, or Orison. Uh, what type of cities do we want to be added? Do you want to see added to the game? Oh, great question! I'll share my answer next week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure someone else will come up with it too, though. Um, excellent. Uh, so, uh, if you do I, have I, any, oh, go ahead. No, I actually have my answer now. I think we should add Moscow and bomb the hell out of it. <laughs> um, Moscow is a landing zone in the game. 
Where? On Earth. Oh, yeah, well, right, but it's not here yet. Yeah, but when they have Earth, there's three landing zones. There's uh, New York, Moscow, and Shanghai. Not Shanghai, Hong Kong. Oh, oh, that's cool. We'll we'll, we'll get our A2s ready. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they'll have uh, anti-matter weapons in game by then. Um, uh, the thoughts and feelings of, of Chekhov do not represent the <laughs> citizen cast um, opinion and um, he, he represents himself as an individual <laughs> in case any of you are listening from the uh, the country known as Russia if you live in Moscow I apologize profusely he, he may have a Russian accent but you know that's that's where he draws the line. There you go. That's All a good right. disclaimer. <laughs> I used to be in HR, so you know. Uh, that's true. <laughs> I'm very good at <laughs> uh, the thoughts and feelings of this hiring manager do not adequately represent the organization. Sp- um, sp- spoken in HR CYOA. <laughs> exactly. Oh, please. I have a I have a colleague who. Um, didn't come from HR and came from a completely different discipline than recruiting. And for some reason, she is like the CYA master to the point when, if for some reason I'm not in the office, which it's rare that my office, anyone's in if I'm not there, but if I'm not in the office and someone else has to lock up, she sends me a video of her locking the door. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're going a little overboard. Like we, there's cameras. It's a we work. There's cameras everywhere. But what are you gonna do? Uh, I, now, now we just find it funny. One of my co coworkers actually sent me a video of her doing it just to make fun of the fact that the other coworker does it. Oh goodness. Anyway, um, so if you do have any questions for us, any responses to Seaguard's questions, like where where you want, what kind of city you want to see. Uh, if you have anything you've done for science or tips or tricks, um, feel free to submit those. Uh, you could do so by emailing us at readcastsc at gmail.com. You could DM our Twitter handle at citizencastsc. You could submit a message through our anchor uh, or on our citizencast discord, uh, as well as you can text us and or leave a voicemail at our Google Voice number, 646-783-8154. And as we we kind of hinted at before, what's that? Don't get the menu item. What do you want this week? We shan't shan't forget. Um, (laughs) uh, But if you are looking for that crew, like like our friend uh, um, Arnie may be looking for, uh, or an org, or even just looking for people to play with when you don't want to play solo, check out the Parlay House. It's a neutral zone for all players. Um, a link to our Discord can be found in the show notes. And uh, please do us a favor, check out some of the friends of our show who are fellow content creators. Um, we have three YouTubers um, by the name of Earth, Snorkel, as well as Undead Parrot. Uh, and then, of course, Admiral Cali- who oh, I almost combined their names, Calibri and mm-hmm. Admiral Cody, um, have written some really great music um, inspired by Star Citizen, including the music you hear in our episodes. 
And uh, that, fellow citizens, wraps up another episode of Citizen Cast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Oh, All right, Skyguard. Uh, what's the meal of the week? Well, you gotta choose something. Just, just give me something to work with. Oh, like a burger, like a good stuffed burger. burger. Ooh, stuffed peppers. Never actually made those before. Um, it's oh. not too hard to understand the value. Take a pinch of bacon, John. Go ahead. <laughs> you take a bell pepper, preferably ripe. Definitely preferably ripe. Um, cut off the top, hollow it out. Make, and if you don't want it spicy, take all the seeds out. Stuff it with meat. And maybe some stuffing if you want that in there. Spice as you want. Do not forget salt. I keep telling you how many people do not love salt in things. Seriously, it's not going to kill you. Um, and then roast, probably 350, 375, maybe half an hour. Yep, I like it. Till roasted, yeah. I like rice in my stuffed peppers. Yes, exactly. I was going to say, you got to add rice and onions and uh, yep. garlic. Well, it's r- like it's like the rice the, is a good the, fill. Your onions are good for like a, and that tomato sauce over the top. Yeah, it's, it's the good ju- for that the umami juice flavor. Uh,